Hey guys, it's me, Heather. My camera's a little crooked. I'm, uh, I'm tired today. Is anyone else tired? Anyone? Anyone? Is this thing on? Bueller? I, um, got this new mic. Fancy, right? To record podcasts. Uh, it's called the Snowball. And, because uh, this podcast I kept submitting to, they said that my sound wasn't good. So I did it twice and that still wasn't good. And so they, I needed to go get a new microphone. So I went and got a new mic, except it, I'm not using it for this because it only connects to my computer and not my phone. And the um, visual quality on my phone is better. Right? Don't I look better? I don't know. Um, and the angle is weird today. I don't know. So I know that I said I was going to tell the rest of the story about uh, the con artist who screwed me over. I keep wanting to say his name. I haven't said his name because I feel like I shouldn't, although I don't know why I'm protecting his identity. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I shouldn't protect anything about him. Um, but I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to finish telling this story and I don't really feel like it, but I'm going to attempt to anyway. Uh, I was watching Fire Fraud last night on Hulu about Billy McFarlane, who was also a con artist. And I just find it fascinating. Makes me think that I, you know, I got my degree in psychology, but maybe I should have gone into studying con artists because I really find it fascinating. And I think partly because I was conned. So I um, feel like I understand how they think. I don't know if understand is the right word, but I, um, I've, I've been experienced with how they think and their mannerisms and how they are so fully convicted in what they are saying that they make you believe the lies that they're telling. And they are pathological liars. And even if they get out of jail, they continue on lying. And that's actually what happened with Billy McFarlane. He was, he was still conning people from, from jail. That's crazy. Um, and I'm sure, and I haven't Googled the guy that conned me because I'm afraid to find out what he's doing, but I'm sure he's probably out there still up to his no good ways. Um, anyway, so what had happened was I was bumbling along and running my growing cupcake business called the Cupcake Dreamery. The Facebook page is still up actually, I realized. And um, this guy was, was the business manager. I had trusted him as the business manager. Um, he ran things when I couldn't. He was helping to set up events and he was helping to set up all kinds of things and manage the employees. And um, we, we even, we would hang out at, a, at this custom clothier shop often and he was he would go there and get these custom suits made 
that they, uh, I don't know how, he wasn't even paying for them. He was like telling them that he was going to pay for them. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if he actually, actually I think he paid for part of one with my money. Um, but he was, he convinced them that he was so rich and so ex experienced in business and this huge big time investor and he knew people and he convinced him everyone that he knew people that uh, they just believed him and they were making him custom suits and letting him hang out and he they chit chat and uh, he wasn't actually paying for anything. It was really crazy. And um, the, the biggest, so the biggest blunder came and I will never forget I, when I finally found out what was going on, when I finally found out what was going on, I finally found out that he was, he was conning me. I, um, this, and remember, this had gone on for 10 months. I had been working with him day in and day out for 10 months, for 10 months, day in and day out. Um, we were working together side by side and he was just lying to me about, everything. He said he was this big time investor. He had all this money. Um, every time I would go and sometimes I would have to pick him up from his house. He would say it was his house and his parents were staying with him. In reality, it was his parents' house and he was living with them. Uh, but I didn't know any of this until I was with um, the guy I was dating at the time and my friends who owned a um, wine shop, wine bar restaurant. And I was hanging out at their place. It was a few days after we had just thrown this big, fabulous brunch. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trying not to like name locations because um, if you're watching from Rochester, you know all these places that I'm talking about and you know these people I'm talking about. But so we threw this fabulous brunch. It was the first brunch in a brand new restaurant owned by a large, large company, one of the largest companies in Rochester. And it was this fabulously fancy brunch that we were raising money for charity and we had people donate items and, and I, it got so crazy, he um, contacted, there was this show on at the time, this reality singing competition that was really um, popular, and he contacted the winners of it who lived in Puerto Rico, and he flew them in. Um, he flew them in to perform at this brunch. We had MCs. It was, it was a huge thing to raise money for charity. It was this huge, huge deal, all sponsored and put together by my brand new cupcake business and um, the whole thing looking back is like absurd and and crazy and we put together this whole brunch the whole thing goes off and um, at the end of it what happened at the end of it he was supposed to pay we were supposed to pay a large sum of money to the restaurant and then uh, whatever we had collected after that was gonna go to charity. So he had, uh, he had left the brunch. He said he had to go pick someone up, some girl he was interested in. Um, and 
he was supposed to give his credit card and pay for the brunch. Well, he had left and the manager of the restaurant came over to me asking for the credit card to charge the brunch to. And it's, remember, it's a large sum of money. And I had to call him and he, at first he didn't answer and then he answered and I said, "You are you coming back? We need to pay for this. I need your credit card. And he's like, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I can't, I'm not gonna make it back right now. Here, let me just give you the numbers. And he read me two credit card numbers over the phone and I wrote them down and then I gave them to the manager. And she came back and she said that um, the charges went through, she had to split the bill. She had to split it, this is weird. The charges came through and she had to split it on, um, put half on each credit card. And I was like, okay. Nothing seemed like, I mean, it seemed a little odd that he had left and he gave me two credit card numbers, but I really didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't want to go into detail. I just, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, it's paid for. He says he's has a lot of money. I've known him for 10 months now. I, we had mutual friends. I knew his people he went to high school with were like hanging out with us. No one ever said that he was crazy in high school or since then. So I was like, okay. A few days later, I'm hanging out with the guy I'm dating and um, the owners of this wine restaurant, and uh, it's it's late at night. The place is closed. We're hanging out. We're drinking. We're having fun. Um, we're just chit chatting and catching up. And I get a call on my cell phone um, to the business line, and I answered it, and it was this woman that just started screaming at. She just started screaming at me. And and I'll never forget. I didn't I didn't even know what to do. I just I took the phone, I stared at it, I started to panic, I started to cry, I handed it to the to my boyfriend, and I just I just lost it. I didn't know what to do. She was screaming at me saying that there was a large sum of money, a brunch that was charged on her credit card. She was a customer. Her daughter went to college in Rochester and we had delivered her cupcakes before. And now there was this huge charge on her credit card. And that's when it occurred to me that something was wrong and he used this woman's credit card to pay for the brunch. And I just lost it. My boyfriend talked to her on the phone, tried to calm her down. And then the, the four of us started like Googling him and, and we couldn't find anything. Like nothing was coming up. We couldn't find anything. And then we were just trying to find out where he was. I was trying to call him. His phone was off. His phone was off. He wasn't answering. And, um, and it just, that's when the whole thing started to unravel. And I found out what was happening and what had been happening. At a certain point, he stole my checkbook and he was um, writing checks in and forging my signature. And so he wasn't actually paying the business expenses. He was paying his own personal expenses. He was paying for his daughter's daycare. He was paying for his car repair. He was paying, he paid for one of those custom suits. He, he was... And all of the, he would always volunteer to do the deliveries um, because he would pocket the cash, I found out. So he would pocket the cash. He was, he was forging my signature on checks that he stole from me. And um, 
And, and when I found all this out, we didn't know where he was. He went missing. He wouldn't, he wouldn't answer his phone. He wouldn't turn up. Um, he knew that the shit had hit the fan. And um, so then it was time to try. We were trying to find him. We were trying to find him. We couldn't find him. And um, so finally found him by, I had alerted the bank to what was going on. Um, and one day, not that long after, uh, I, I got a call from the bank. And the bank said that he was in the drive-thru trying to deposit a check with my signature and they said, this can't be real, right? Is this real? A check written out to himself with my signature for basically the remainder of what was in the bank account, um, which wasn't much. At that point, it was like $1,000 or something. It wasn't, he had already taken everything. And um, I said, no, no, this is not, this is not valid. I did not give him a check. And so they, um, they, they said, okay, we're gonna try to get him to come into the branch um, and we're gonna call the cops. And they kept me on the phone. They kept me on the phone. I mean, it was, they, they did a miracle job. They talked him into coming into the branch. So he parked the car, got out of the drive, they parked the car, went into the branch and they basically stalled him and corralled him until the police showed up. And when the police showed up, they were able to arrest him. And then from there on, I had to repeatedly go down to um, the police station and, and make my reports and testify. And it was a whole thing. And meanwhile, um, I had nothing. Like I had, I was trying to keep the business going and not let anyone find out what was going on because I was terrified. I, I had lost everything. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to lose my business, but I didn't know what to do. Um, and I'll tell you, this has gotten long, so I'm gonna finish that story later. I'm gonna tell you how I dealt with everything as I'm trying to testify against him, as he wipes me clean, what happened. People started suing me. What happened? I'm gonna tell you all of that um, on Monday. I'll do a Facebook Live on Monday, and I'll continue this story. Roger, yes, yeah, yes. This is straight out of a movie. It, this is like the. It was as horrible as you can possibly imagine it being. It was. It was absolutely horrendous. I lost everything that I had worked for. I lost. I lost everything. I had absolutely nothing um, and I was trying not to let anyone find out and I was trying to figure out how to move on and um, yeah, I'll tell you what happened, uh, what happens next on the next tale of the saga of how I was conned and lost everything I ever had from a con artist. So that story will continue on Monday and um, I hope this never happens to any of you because it is absolutely horrendous. And I hope you never get conned because <laughs> it's really, really bad. Um, okay, have a great weekend and I will talk to you and finish this story up. Stay tuned, you're gonna wanna hear what happens next on Monday. Okay, bye guys.